Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Rachel Allen, and in this lovely new series, I'll be giving you a glimpse into my wonderful life at Ballymaleur. It's a life full of lovely friends and a rich family with laughter and money and hunting and money and that thing we never, ever talk about. <laughs> oh, and best of all, it's funded by you plebs buying our relish. Simply lovely. I'm Rachel Allen, and my Ballymaleu life is better than yours. <laughs> So, today at Belly Malou, my friends and I are making some tasty treats for the locals to enjoy down at O'Brien's. <laughs> Yummy! <laughs> Delicious! Divine. And apart from the fact that we're charging loads for them, we're practically giving them away! <laughs> I love the great outdoors, the sights and sounds of nature. Oh look! A bunny rabbit! So cute! Oh look! After that silly kerfuffle we never talk about, the family thought it might be curtains for our little multinational empire. But we soon found there was a higher power that would always support us, the lovely Irish media. (laughs) Ballymalu relishes you. They all say hi, hi. So hoy. I walk on the Royal Canal regularly. That's my it's walk. Hoy, it's not really hi. It's hoy, hoy, hoy. Yeah, but so I tried it. So I walk on the Royal Canal from from Blanchardstown, Castlenock, down to Croker and Forda. Yeah. So the lads be there having their cans of Linden Village, and I go, hoy. <laughs> <laughs> now the gear didn't arrive yet, Rod. <laughs> I said I got to I got to um, Shannon Bridge. That was me force when all the lads were sitting drinking the flag and so they went, Hoi, shut up you fucking idiot, Collins. That's what he said. So it's just but I think a lot of it is learned from the television, Paul. I mean my ah, grandkids yeah, yeah, yeah. speak American. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah, they watch Frozen, is that what you call it? Yeah, yeah, Stuff yeah. like that. They say sidewalk and things yeah. like that. And, and, and mom. And they say mom now, mom, the kids. But they've seen now they're watching mom, they're watching, tree. They're watching YouTube. Yeah. My, my son and his friends, they all yeah. say bro now and stuff like that. What do they say? Bro. Oh, like, you know, bro. Yeah, I keep yeah, telling yeah, Joe that. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Joe texts me, it's thanks, funny, brother. I say, it's bro. Get, get with yeah. the script here, bro. Yeah, yeah. I judged this short story competition about two years ago. It's a school in Arklow. Uh, no, schools in, in South Wicklow, where I live, and it was maybe at seven or eight schools. I had to read about 150 short stories, kids, like, you know, 200, 300 words long. And all of the stories ended with 
the kid picking up the phone and phoning the, the cop. Like it was a, there was a vampire or a, you know, a, a ghost came in yeah. or a murder axe man. But all of the stories ended with the kid picking up the phone and dialing 911. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought that was brilliant. 911. <laughs> like if you dial 911, you're going to get an engaged tone, right? That's or, the American emergency you know, it's number. It's the American oh, emergency number. Because the, the, just the power of of, Amer- of American culture is so great that yeah. kids think and they're being it's bombarded with it. And they will eventually have to change the Irish number to 911 because no they one normally, will write. You know, and I, I suppose there, there are, um, like if you had a, a, a linguistics expert to examine that my mommy, you know, that American story, you know, yeah. that there are shades of that in the D4 construct. The, the American one especially. I, I a, a woman bumped into me in the post office the other day and <laughs> dropped all me me, me uh, letters, me Christmas cards I was posting and she said to me, Sari. And I went, because Sari, Sari and Sari are two things that South Dublin people say instead of sorry. Oh, you want to send out you know, me bleeding away with your letters. But <laughs> it's like... But it's hard to say that. That's not, It's, it's, it's yeah, harder it's, to say sorry than sorry. I, I it's think, counterintuitive I, I, to say sorry. It's the most difficult. Yeah. But linguistically, I think, that D4, than, than any language yeah. I know. I mean, French is a lot easier to speak. Um, but you mentioned, you know, I can't remember the word earlier, but it was the O-U sound pronounced as A-I. So I think, yeah, say bouncer, it was pound. Bouncer and they pined. say pained. Roundabout. And it, it's like, it's just like a sort of, it's like Did a disavowal of vowel sound. Exactly Nobody wants to pronounce the true vowel sound because mm. it's like, we will be identified geographically mm. in a certain area if we, if we yeah. say pound. I say pound. Yeah. I say horse. I think, Mary yeah. always pulls me up on horse. I think it's a bit like... It's horse, Paul. It's a horse. It's a bit like, it, 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 is, it, it is very like the American jock culture where, you know, the wealthier kids, you know, gravitate to that. And they, they go to the better schools yeah. and they get the better jobs. And and you see that very clearly, I think, in the professions here. That yeah. you know, these 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 people who speak in that way, it's almost a, it's almost like the Masons, the Freemasons mm. yeah. secret handshake. Yeah. You know, that's fine, you're one of us. You'll mm. do. Mm. You know, you you're you're fine. Yeah. You, know? you with that Cork accent or that Connemara accent or yeah. like we don't really you know, we don't know if you're one of us. You know, we don't know if you're. Yeah. We don't. We don't know and if you're. We don't know if you're ruthless enough and icy enough to be to be yeah. one of us. You know the point I'm making. Yeah, I mean, it's, there is a thing among young people who 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 move to UCD. I hear people laughing about this all the, all the time about people who from different parts of the country who, who go to UCD or Trinity and lose their accents within about an hour of arriving in the orth the orts block. You know, um, I, I I remember doing a reading in UCC. Uh, maybe 10 years ago and a girl coming up to me afterwards and saying, oh, I love your books. I love so much of your books. And I said, um, where, where, like, what part of Dublin are you from? She said, I'm not from Dublin, I'm from Cork. And yeah. she sounded like she was from, she was from, from Ballsbridge or something. And I said, like, you know, what's the story with the accent? And she said, oh, I just really like the accent. There's a D4 accident. So she chose it like yeah. you would choose your shoes or your coat. For yeah, the and, and, yeah. And, that, and that's that's why I think it, it sounds so unnatural to your ear. It, yeah. It, do, it doesn't flow. And no. the other thing about it is this, that I noticed that people from South Dublin, you know, who speak in that way, they all have their own variety of speaking in that way. They, you know, the words are slightly different. The vowel sounds are slightly yeah. different. I mean, it's an extraordinary thing. Like, I'm, I'm now fixated on it. You know? Yeah. I mean, if I'm in court 
and I'm hearing that accent, I'm like, oh my god, I'm right more. I'm right. I'm because making there's notes. no history to it. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't come from anywhere, you know. Yeah. And it's and it's evolving. And um, there was a guy called Terry Dolan who was a, a professor of English in UCD. And he was, he was brilliant, and he he studied all of this, you know. And, and he Dion, said, you're getting some slagging today." <laughs> yeah, keep your, keep quiet. Dion. Uh, <laughs> I, I, this is what I do anyway. <laughs> but but Terry Dolan used to say that there there have been more changes in the way uh, Dublin people speak English in the past twenty years than in the previous one hundred years, and it was all it's all be, it's all accelerated because of of you know popular culture from america yeah and and because i i know you know some sort of felt people who've come up from the country to dublin you know and they'd be grandfathers now mm. and their sons don't speak that way but their sons do speak this way yeah 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 you know so you, just, you, can go is... from, you can go from a Kerry grandfather to this <coughs> yeah all of a sudden you know yeah. because because i suppose it's it's also human beings' natural inclination to try to fit in. Yeah, but the flip side of that is I've got a lot of friends who moved down to Wicklow like I did and their kids are coming home and talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> their parents have absolutely no idea what, what they're saying. What was that accent? The accent is up and down like that when you live in Wicklow. Yeah. You sing the words out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. Well, it's like yeah, I, I, I have a Kerry neighbour. A Kerry neighbour, very prominent GAA family from Kerry. Right? From where? Kerry. <laughs> And their sons, <laughs> born and reared where I am, went to school with my kids, and they've carried accents. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, but that is is a question yeah. of fitting in. And I think even in inflections and the way you speak, if you're in different countries, if you spend any time in America, you mm. know you change how the words you emphasize yeah, yeah. to be understood. Because if you use the same it, emphasis that you mm. use here, people don't actually respond. Yeah, so you've that, got to yeah. raise your voice at the end of a sentence or whatever. To make it sound yeah. like a question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's like, not a question. Not a question. Yeah. You, you, you go up at the end. I think yeah, I'll yeah. have yeah. the steak sandwich. You know, yeah, yeah. They thing. call that, in Australia, they call that the HRTs, the high-rise thermals, uh, when you go up at the end of a sentence yeah. to make it sound like it's a And it, apparently it did start in Australia. It's not an American thing. Yeah. But it's it's I mean, a kind of you, seeking affirmation you, you, thing. You go like with your Dublin accents, you know, Pat Gilroy, Brian Mullins, God rest and people like that, you know, who speak in that very natural. I think it's a beautiful accent. The way Roddy t- mm. talks, for example, you know, it's fully natural. It's it's worth something. It's authentic. It's poetry, and, I think, and it means yeah. also that it's impossible to think honestly and to express yourself honestly if you're not speaking in your own voice. Mm. And so you'd have like your Brian Mullins, you know. You, you might have then, you know, fellas like David Hickey, the transplant surgeon, who I think over time has just slightly modified it just so that he's more easily understood in every yeah. in every possible company. Yeah. But it's still a very distinctive yeah. Dublin voice. Yeah. You know, so all, that makes perfect sense. Like we were talking with uh, Al Foran last week about Martin O'Neill and how he, his <coughs> very sort of North Derry accent has... Changed over time because yeah. he's going into dressing rooms yeah, with, yeah. with footballers from all over, and and all he is is more precise with his diction now than he was. Yeah, and that, that's entirely understandable. I mean, uh, I, I can't let the occasion go by without talking about Brad Mullins because he's a year he's 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 he's, he's a year dead now, and and Roddy came to his um, mm. his uh, his 
a celebration of his life and what a night we had. Roddy told the story about, you know, the repo guys coming to, 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 take, to take the Mercedes back that he'd nicked after after he got sacked by Cardiff and put in the... T- put in the session is now intense to love. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you had the car, they didn't. <laughs> Not at the end, you didn't. Tell, 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 us, tell the story about the about Carly, it's said. Yeah, they came to get the car on a Sunday. Nice, peaceful Sunday afternoon. I heard a big truck outside... And I thought that's a funny one, an oil delivery on a Sunday. <laughs> I've seen two squad cars as well. <laughs> Next of all, I've seen the car getting hitched up. So I thought, quick thinking, right, and Joel appreciate this, threw the two kids in the back seat of the car, two young kids. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, a bit of a Mexican standoff with the guards. God's going, Rod, Jesus, come on, we want to go home for dinner. We're just not the car. And the, and the tow fellas, like, we're just doing the job. Yeah. I said, well, the kids are staying, so I threw the crayons in and the colour of the. <laughs> I said, I'll go and be in this one for the long haul, lads. I'm going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. I'm heading up to my house. Did you not bring the McDonald's dinner? Ah, the McDonald's come down. I sent the kids up for two happy meals. I said, Rod, we'll get two happy meals. So then Carla started to panic after about an hour. And she says, Rod, why don't you take that care of the two kids? I said, two problems solved. I didn't notice. I I only found myself sitting in a van around the corner here to get told the story before and uh, you can't take you away when you're in the car so they couldn't take the kids so they all got fed up and never went home well, and then obviously they couldn't, they couldn't no matter what legal system you're in possibly <laughs> what about Caroline what about Caroline in as well <laughs> take the lot of them <laughs> all my problems are solved well, what, but, uh, what, what, he told that story the night at, of Brian's <laughs> yeah. and it was it was I mean the place just you know people let me see Joe I don't find there. that funny that's what I don't get when we himself and Paul go away and we sit down and tell stories it's just normal life to me. But Roddy, a day in Roddy's life, right? You, you, you might think he's exaggerating a lot of this. Stuff. I've seen a day in his life. I've walked around the city with him, right? And stuff happens in, in your day. It's like you're like Larry David from Curb Your Enthusiasm walking around Dublin. Like things just happen to you, you know? So we were, Roddy and I went to Luton. Is Luton? <laughs> I grew up in Luton. It's a terrible place, you know? Anyway, um, we. Roddy was there was talk of you um, taking over Chesham United which was your son's club you know so anyway uh, I said that's a great ending for the book you know like the sort of green shoots recovery like John Delaney ruined your life you were out of football I said what a brilliant story you've been offered this not just non-league non-non-league English club (laughs) right What's non non league? The bottom, just below non league. Bottom so of you've the bottom. Got, is, is, you've got, I take it it's not called non non league. No, no, no. But you yeah. need to get promotion twice before they call you non league, right? <laughs> so, so anyway, Roddy, I was wondering why I'd never heard of Cheshire United. <laughs> Cheshire United. But anyway, it's a great club, and there's a, a, a man has taken over the club, and he's putting a lot of money in, and he's building a new stadium and all the rest, you know. So anyway, Roddy said. I, I might be taking the job. I said, great ending for the book, but I need to see it. So we, we go over to Luton. We fly two Ryanair flights, tw- 12 euro each. We get to Luton. <laughs> we're standing there. This man is sending the big limo to collect us at the airport. You know, and we're standing here like this. And the next thing I just hear this man shouting behind me and I look over my shoulder and there's a fella, Eastern European man. I think we can say Russian, can we? Because yeah. I don't think you can, yeah. you can slander Russian people at the moment. <clears throat> this Russian man is absolutely screaming at his wife. 
and he's kind of got the, he's got a vest on. In my, correct me if I'm wrong, Roddy. He had he had muscles like bowling balls and tattoos. Massive. And she had a little child standing there. And he was neck. He was so angry. His neck muscles were strained, and the eyes were popping. And he's gonna hit her. And and his his mother was pulling him back. She's yeah. pulling, shouting at him. And his wife wasn't the least bit scared of him. She was questioning his manhood. She's looking him up and down, spitting insults at him. And he's getting angrier and angrier. And there's a kid, a child, like Roddy said, a four or five-year-old kid hiding behind his mother's legs. And this killed Roddy, absolutely killed Roddy. And he says to me out of the corner of his mouth, look lively here, Paul. And I went, sorry? <laughs> he says to me, loot now, but we're the only people there. Like, he says, we're going to have to take this lad down, right? <laughs> Roddy, how old are you? 63. 63, right? That was about 35. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> Universe, right? We're going to have to take this lad down. And I went, I said, Roddy, I don't know what you see when you look at me, right? <laughs> but, but I am not a fighter. If you want me to satirise this guy in this weekend's paper, I'll do that. But I, I just don't think I can... Or describe the fight. So Roddy says to me, don't worry, I've thought it through. You kick out his knee and I'll take him down with a punch. <laughs> no, he, he was you had thought the whole, you taught the whole thing through. The poor kid was terrified and he was, you could hear him 100 metres away and he was aggressive and he yeah, was right yeah. to our face and I thought he's going to nutter or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So I said, Roy, I said, Paul, I'm going to war here and I have to take this fella. No, you said, we're going to war here. <laughs> <laughs> <We're, laughs> you're okay if it was just Roddy. You're rather overestimated. You said, my, a, a day of my life, I won't go home, they're all gone, right? You got three packets of cigarettes. I don't know. Day. I gave some away to the oh, day. Gave some away. How are you, my old pal? The only for tonight. Where are you staying? There's a smoke. Mm-hmm. There's won't be our ear. Where are you from? Dungiven. Where are you from? Dublin. The people around this place. And when you walk away, it's worth a million pound. These are they homeless people. <coughs> homeless people in doors. And I've, I've been with Roddy when he's done this. And it, the funniest thing, people sometimes go, are you the boxer fella? Yeah. And and you go, no, I'm his brother. Ah, yeah. Oh, yeah, the brother. Bose. You yeah. won the double with Bose. Right. But you'd think if you, if, if you stood the two of them together and somebody said to you, which one of these was the champion of the world? Because Roddy carries himself like the like the super middleweight champion of that's the what, world. That's what Barney Eastwood said. He said, and he's bigger. Ro- Ro- I mean, Ro- Roddy's a big man. People don't appreciate a yeah, big, yeah. big, powerful guy. I knew Steve. First time I met him, I was really Steve, surprised. Steve met was through Steve. True, Steve. I knew Steve before I knew <coughs> Roddy, <clears throat> and it was like <clears throat> it was like meeting George Harrison, and then meeting the Beatles. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Steve was George Harrison, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought this guy's amazing. And then I met Roddy, and that was like meeting Paul and John. years ago, Paul. 35 Young years ago. Young man I was. But Roddy, like Roddy was, so I was on all those trips, like Steve was fighting for world titles, yeah. European titles and everything. I was on all those trips. And Roddy minded me, like really, like, and I mean yeah. as a father to yeah. a son, minded me. I was like 18 or 19. And I well, was, Paul looked about 15 when he was 18. <laughs> oh, you, the, you, were, the, you were covering them for the trip. Co- for the trip and, and other papers. I was freelancing at the time and I'd put together... I'd, I'd maybe cover it for six papers. What do you? What, what do you? You know what sticks out in your mind about Stevie's career? You know, a moment or a fight, or was there anything that that left um, a, 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 an indelible? Well, Eubank, sort of mark I mean, beating Eubank in in Mill Street 
in 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 Cork was that that was the moment really because I mean that was Paddy's Day '95 that yeah. weekend and yeah. um, I'd, I'd been following his career for about five years Boston. New Jersey, all those world title fights where he just came up a little bit short. Italy, where you got the fizzy water for the corner. (laughs) I have to tell you you the story. (laughs) I'm We're in Verbania in Italy. It's on Lake Maggiore. Basically, you you were part of the Collins family. I was. And I was staying in his room. I was the Milky Bar kid. That's what they called me, you know. Actually. But yeah, yeah, they used to call me the Milky Bar. Steve called me in court. You did Steve's book. What's that? You did Steve's book. I did Steve's book. So yeah. we we were very close. And, uh, you know, Roddy tells the story about how we'd, we'd all be in a hotel lobby and everyone was drinking. And I was I was drinking Coke at the time, yeah. like, you know. And it'd be about two, about maybe one in the morning and Caroline would say to you, that young lad has nowhere to stay. Yeah. And I'd be sleeping in the lobby of the hotel to try, because I was, I was doing it for six papers trying to break even. So I'd say I could stay every second night in the hotel, you know. And Steve got me a rate eventually, yeah. really kindly. Steve rang me yeah. one day and said, I got you a rate in the hotel. But anyway, mostly Roddy and Caroline would see me. And Caroline said, he's got nowhere to stay. Yeah. And you'd say, you, you, up to our room. That's right. Yeah. And I would stay in Roddy and Caroline's room and they take the, the mattress off the bed. Yeah, put them in the car. <laughs> the, the milky bucket. <laughs> I would sleep on no I would sleep on the base of the bed you That's always right. took the mattress yeah, the I, I never forget can, that can I say, can I say the first time was in London never forget it we're all going upstairs after winning we were all well, well oiled and Karen says that kid needs to go to bed that kid needs to go to bed yeah yeah I and looked I said, at 14 said, yeah. get up to bed I'm not really <laughs> And then Carla said, Oh, geez, you can't leave him down his own. That was it. But then when we travelled with the gang, then all the lads, we'd, we'd book a room the size of this, and there'd be 10 of us in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'd always get the breakfast. Jim Collins was as cute as a fox. I'd wake up there and I'd go, Jim, breakfast, come on. So we'd go down and get the breakfast. I used to wake up and take people's water and drink. But was some crack, you know. But the water. So we cut, oh, yeah. Steve was fighting. Uh, Sumbu Kalambe for the the European middleweight title in Verbania in northern yeah. Italy on on Lake Maggiore. It was kind of a, it was like a holiday resort yeah. out of season. It was November time, and anyway, we're, we're at the fight, and I was covering it for the Irish Times. Actually, me big break, Roddy, yeah. you know, covering it for the Irish Times, and Paddy Byrne, who was one of the corner men. He was he was a cuts man, wasn't he? Yeah, cuts man. Paddy was from Dunleary originally, but he, he moved to London. And Paddy came down to me and said, Paul, uh, there's no water in the corner. You were doing the corner, doing weren't the you? Corner. You, and, you and Paddy. Barney, me, me Barney and Paddy. wasn't there, wasn't he? No, me, Paddy. And John Breen. John, John Breen, yeah. So anyway, <coughs> John, John, John Breen, Breen from Belfast. John Breen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Paddy comes down and he says, uh, there's no water in the corner. This was round one, the middle of round one. And I went, ah, oh, that's, that's interesting. He said, can you go and get me some water? I went, fuck. So... I had to leave me. I didn't have a laptop. I was writing it longhand. These were the days when you rang copy and gave copy over the phone. And um, so I left me notebook and I went to, there was a tuck shop. It was in kind of like a basketball hall, wasn't it? There was a tuck shop at the back of the arena and I ran up the steps and I went up and I said, Aqua, which was me, me, me. I had the Italian at the time, you know, Aqua. Flew the Italian it was. <laughs> he says, uh, sin gas, con gas. And I went, Absolutely, yes, yes. So he gives me a bottle. I give him the whatever it was at the lira at the time. 
go back down, hand the bottle to you or to Paddy or something. Anyway, the fight goes on. Steve lost, right? Yeah. I thought he was robbed. But yeah, he was totally robbed. Yeah, Totally yeah. robbed. Anyway, we're at the press conference afterwards and Steve says, uh, there was an attempt to nobble me here tonight. <laughs> And I'm going, oh, this is interesting. Like the Irish Times readers need to hear about this. And he says, uh, I came back to the corner after round two and the water was fizzy. <laughs> and I just went, I only told Roddy when we were doing the book that it was me. He says to me, I got blamed for the 20 years. I got blamed for 20 years. He told me the story. Roddy, that was me. But that night, Paul, I was doing the, I was doing the timing as well as the water yeah. and the ice. Right, and I'd go minute gone, right, minute to go, right. But in the confusion of the world, I forgot to put the watch on, right. And I'm going, Oh, jeez, minute gone, <laughs> minute to go. You're just guessing. Last half, and like it's, it's important, John, because it's yeah. like it's like matching around last half, bang, bang, win the round, yeah. yeah. Right? I'll never forget it. Stephen come in after the round, he goes. Jeez, that felt like a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, we we all cost Steve the European title, really, between, between the two us. Of us. Yeah. Don't say that, we back in court. But, um, and I'll, it was, but we played football in Europe together, didn't we? We did. We played, um, we played against the, the Ita- oh, the best thing. The, the Italian, <laughs> there was a, a match between the Irish, uh, the Collins family, essentially, and well, the was, Italian it, press. It was supposed to be, uh, Brandy and Jerry Kim Callum. Feather. And Jerry Jerry Callum, Callum, right. and Tom, Tom Cryan. <laughs> they were in our team. They were in our team. <laughs> and we turned up for this match, and these Italian guys came along. Jesus, they do, they look like Serie A, didn't they? Like shin pads and everything. And getting their legs rubbed. I was wearing cowboy boots. He was wearing, <laughs> he was wearing winkle picker cowboy boots and jeans. And Living up to Living up to the Milky Barkett image. They were very fashionable at the time, by the yeah. way, Joe. This is the early 90s. Everybody was doing they it, were, right? Listen, you're young, Louis. Yeah, cowboy boots were never fashionable. And they were in Dublin fur. Just maybe line dancing. <laughs> cowboy boots. No, they, 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 they Every, by the way, I went the to a wedding in Derry once, right? My friend Lisa uh, Matt from Maharafeld and... Uh, we were da- like this dance came on and it was a line dancing thing, right? And absolutely everybody knew every step. It was like it was like watching the thriller video. Like everybody and me and Mary just sitting there going, we were the only it was like a secret society or something. So don't tell me. Don't tell me that nobody ever wore cowboy boots and derry. <laughs> but uh, yeah. They didn't catch it. We had we had great, great times on the road. Brilliant times we had, you know. But that fight in Mill Street did I tell the story about the airplane I told that before did I no how I got from Bangor no no how I got from I was manager of Bangor Steve was fighting that night I had to be in Mill Street couldn't let the team down because they were in a situation and it wasn't letting my brother down and he's fighting for the world title against yeah, that wasn't, that was the unbeaten be Chris Eubank. so I compromised I heard an airplane from Newton Ards to Farron 4 right now in my Simple mind. I was on a, a beautiful woman, white leather seat, champagne. Dennis O'Brien's private jet. The golden toilet. Till I arrived in the flying club up in Newton Ards. And I went, Jesus. It was like a Robin, you know, it was like the Dell Boy's car with wings, right? 
I brought a few lads off the team with me. And when we arrived in the airport, and it was a carpenter putting up a petition. And we got talking, <laughs> and I says, "It was a what? Open up a partition. Partition, right? right. So we got the crack. And he loved Stephen, and he loved boxing. So he says, "Come with us." So the pilot said, "Just weigh him, balance it out." But I Quit never weigh him. Weigh him. You had to get weighed. You had to get weighed. <laughs> right. We're going like that. <laughs> but so we got the lad onto the flight. But I'll never forget. It was terrifying. It was small, like a little, like a mini minor. Mm. Right, there was six of us in it. Sorry, the pilot and five others. And uh, the team's going, and they're skipping the beat, and the rain is coming. And oh, one of the yeah, wipers yeah. is not working. And, you know, I'm going, oh, Jesus, <laughs> oh, please just get. I, I'm thinking, the biggest okays in the history of our family. Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to be in a plane crash. Your obituary <laughs> is going to overshadow the fight. <laughs> Forget about the world title. Really, his brother died in a banger manager. In a, in a banged up L airplane. Don't, don't tell Stephen till after the fight. <laughs> well, Joe, honestly, we got there. We got there in the end. Obviously, and the pilot got locked that night, and he missed his slot the next day. And I didn't go back the next day. I went on the train, but big care counter and the lads, big pay, 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 pay. You know they had to go back on it. But it was, yeah, it was brilliant. But that was the Mill Street one. Yeah, that was that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was just so emotional, wasn't it? Because ah. it was like he he he'd won a world title the year before when he beat yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, but Pi- when he beat Chris Pyatt, but it did. It was a it was a WBO middleweight title, yeah. and the WBO wasn't as well recognised then. But yeah. it was who you beat rather than what you won. Yeah. And to beat Eubank, to be the first first fighter to beat Eubank, and to do yeah. it the way he did, and in such a murderous division, yeah. yes, yeah, Nigel Benn as well, yeah, Gerald yeah. McClellan, the yeah. G-Man. I mean, yeah. these guys were yeah savage, ferocious. Reggie fighters. Johnson, Watson. Michael Watson, Michael Wa- Michael Callum, Nunn, had a few Callum Bay, yeah, Sugar yeah. Boy Malinga, another one. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Yeah. 
there was, yeah. you know, it was, an, it was, it was a ferocious time. division, and every fight in that division was a war. Yeah, but he went yeah. to America before, like long before Eubank and all that. Steve went to America, and you saw some of the later fights and fought yeah. like, like Kevin Thornton and Paul McPeak, and yeah. beat up a whole generation yeah. of of top class American middleweights yeah. before anyone had heard of him. Like yeah. when you were when you were driving out to RTE with the tapes of his yeah. fights saying, can yeah. you show this on Sports Stadium? Yeah. And they were going, nobody's heard no, of this guy. That's what he said. You know? it's a bit like, it was a bit like, you know, what happened. We've spoken before about Irish Mickey Ward. Yeah. He was mm. fighting through these, you know, fierce American mm. opponents, unknown. Yeah. You know, so yeah. that whenever he was brought over here at short notice to fight the pride of the fighting pride of Liverpool, yeah, Shane. Irish Shane Nearney, yeah. you know, who yeah, looked yeah. like who looked like a male model, yeah. they thought this is going to be easy. But Rodney <laughs> Roddy Rock <laughs> well, says, "Just stay away from that lad. Yeah. He's as mad as a barrel. Yeah, yeah. He's as yeah. mad as the barrel of eels, yeah. which he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, and until those gassy fights, like he yeah. had no." Real public recognition, yeah, like yeah, yeah, skint. yeah, skint. Yeah. And then the the fighting and the film and the whole. Lot. But earlier, Paul said we looked after him on the um, the boxing trips. Well, what goes around comes around because Paul's looking after me now. Paul's keeping me out of the council's department because he grabs me. Stop! Don't He's say like that. He's like a lion tamer. Paul's like a lion tamer. And when I when I get off, I'm on. I can start with one topic, and I could be millions of miles away within two minutes. And Lloyd and everybody, Paul just grabs me back in. He's the lion. Compliance department. This, sa- this sounds scarily familiar. But that's it. Paul, does, Paul looks after me, you know. And you're going on the road next year? Yeah. We're doing a show in Liberty Hall on the 2nd of February. Yeah. And we've done a few bits and pieces. We did Electric Picnic this year and we did Kilconomics. Yeah. Um, a couple of Dorky Book Festival. Um, sale. But we're getting bigger, aren't we, Roddy? Oh, selling out now. <laughs> sold out. So we're doing Liberty Hall on the yeah. 2nd of February. We're going to... It's It's just an evening of... Of chat, funny stories like this, and there's talk of us maybe singing. Oh, we'll have a sing song. Go on, give there's us some last there's, there's, there's talk of Terry Everston playing the piano. Oh, Evo, he's playing the piano, and that's it. He bought it. He keeps saying, Rod, I wouldn't like the room with Terry you're playing. That's it. Because when we used to play away from home, what's the hotel on the way out of Derry? The Everglades. The Everglades. Yeah. Piano in there. Yeah. And when we play Derry, Caroline, see him only. <laughs> Terry would sit down and he started a little tinkle on the piano. And before you know it, the whole squad would be around singing. Yeah. Terry's brilliant, brilliant bloke. And uh, so I was walking and Paul says, we have to get a piano player. And, and then Carol says to me, Evo, great piano. So I rang him up and he had a few points. Yeah, of course I'll do that. No problem. Rod. Then I got a text next day. Can't do it, Rod. I wouldn't like to ruin your night. He's doing it and that's it, you know. But, but it's like we were down in um, Electric Picnic and me and Paul done... I don't know what you call it. Show was it? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. We did a show. I, show. I think show. people got a show. I don't know what to call it. People them. felt they got a show. A show, right? So <laughs> I did go to the one next door for um, uh, news talk. Right, they were having one next door with big um, Fenton. What's his name? Pat Fenton. No, no, not Fenton. Just a big kid in the middle of the park. You know, big, great, lovely kid. The lawyer they made him was what's his name? Not Howard. Brian. Brian Fenton, wasn't it? Brian oh, Fenton. Brian Fenton. Plays midfield for Dublin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, so I went down and there was a bit of a competition. We could make up things to do on the radio. And it was a quiz. 
So they went right, blah, 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 blah. So they said to me, we're going to name the line of a song and you have to tell us the next line. Mm. So it went, I have been around so many towns. Give me that one, Mike. I have been around so many. Nothing more, nothing changed. The whole 10, 400 people straight away joined in. Right? So I came to Big Brian and he looked at me and said, you're singing an Oasis song. So he sang an Oasis song. And then they just tore up the script. I just said, right, we'll have a sing song. So I picked the fella out of the audience and he sang Mr. Brightside. Yeah. Kid, only about 18. It was brilliant. But Paul was in the tent next door. I was in the tent next door and it was brilliant, right? It was a... a they were they were doing a reading of the agreement. You know this play this play that's in the lyric theatre about oh, the, the Belfast Agreement, yeah. and it was very serious, which it should be. But there's a fellow playing Tony Blair, there's a fellow playing like John Hume, and it's absolutely brilliant. And then they did talk afterwards, you know. But but the, there weren't many laughs in there, like you know. But all we could hear next door was where it began, oh, 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 oh. Just, and it was proper electric. Like, what happened? What happened, Paul? There, it's like South Side versus North Side. It was, no, I, I, I didn't. I didn't it's know like when your neighbour gets a karaoke machine. Like when, when Joe and said, you've got work the next day. When Joe said to me earlier, you know, you're getting an awful slagging. I think one of the kind of bulletproof uh, qualities of a South Side person is, I was like, well, you're not talking about me. Like, why? Are you not? <laughs> you're talking about other people. That's it. That's I don't, I, don't, I don't sound like That's that. That's tuna. Yeah. But, but like, like on the north side, there's different abbreviations of the English language as well and different tones in that as well. But Joe, like up and down given, I was up in Derry, right? Would the city have a different twang than Dungiven? Oh, totally different. Totally different. Derry city's more like that there, you know. What about you and all that? And Dungiven would be like, this is a proper Dungiven accent, the longest word in the English dictionary. Senoranti Foxer. Senoranti Foxer, which translates, can you speed up a bit in the car? Can you accelerate? Senoranti oh. Foxer. Oh, yeah. You never say, Jesus Christ, sorry, I tell you, man, there, sir, fuck me, he's a bad bastard. I tell you, brother, fucking, did you see your man there last week, sir, Jesus Christ. And, and so, and, 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 and it was given when the boys were saying, all right, sir. I should go there. All right, I should go see you. And it's like that. Yeah, very, yeah. You know, they don't don't give people don't open their their lips yeah, yeah. When, when they're speaking. Oh, okay. You know, and it's and the, and it's 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 preserved. The the whole don't given <laughs> yeah. thing is, is is preserved. Yeah. Obviously, I was away from home from I was about eleven, and so again, you're you're making yourself more understandable. Yeah. I suppose. Yeah. And yeah. less understandable. Like as the well. problem, you're actually got the brush. I was like, "I need a couple of minutes here, lads." <laughs> yeah, but like when people don't out. move their lips, that that's a that's an indication of people who are trying to disguise their accent, isn't it, or disguise what they're what they're saying? I, it, also, in Dungiven, you know, it, it is a bit conspiratorial. Yeah, like the, glam, the, the glamorous brunette. The first time she came to Dungiven, like she just felt that she was frozen out. You know. Say, I'm not going back there again. <laughs> <laughs> Who's that brother here, brother? It's like when Roddy said to me, look like, like you know, he said it on the side of his mouth. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's, like a, it's like, you know, the ad like for, was it the ad they used to have for dry Thornton cider or something where the, yeah. the, 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 met, the metropolitan <laughs> Londoner comes into the wee bar in the middle of nowhere and there's complete silence. He opens the door. It's yeah. like, tss. So you go up in the door of the Dungiven GA Club, you know, a stranger puts her head in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, yeah. we had a friend. And we're very friendly now. It's a great, it's a, <laughs> we, genuinely we, a great, great community. But uh, 
be suspicious. Like not not as much as we used to be. Because right. obviously during the troubles, yeah. everybody was suspicious. You know, if a stranger oh, came in, yeah. it was like yeah, yeah. But uh, the, but the famous one, I walked up there, my dairyman can't let me go. Like I was letting people go. I'm a dairyman, you know. But we had a friend. He only got buried last week, by the way, and he went to all the fights, and he talked. And he had a moustache, a little pencil moustache, yeah. and only spoke to you through a mirror. He sat in the local pub watches, and if he walked and he looked in the thing, he never turned around and he go, What's the story? <laughs> you talk like that all the time, little pencil, a big muscle. Yeah. I won't name him, right? But, um, yeah, but as you say, different parts like up in Castleknock, where I live now, I'm from Dublin 7, Cabra, and up in Castleknock, there's a bit of a twang up there. Yeah. And I was in the Moyos one night and I got a belt of a golf ball on the head. Boom. Right? Bounced out my head. And I looked around. That was the bingo, wasn't it? No, a woman, <laughs> woman hit me with a golf ball. Why? Deliberately? Yeah. She hit me with, deliberately, yeah. And I told her, Jesus Christ, she says, oh, sorry, I thought you were your brother. That's what, <laughs> that's what, that's what she said. I'm, well, no, no. So, so she was well, well, well oiled, right? Which but brother? That sounds like Mick. I'm not saying. <laughs> you could hit him with a cannonball that wouldn't bother him. But anyway, so I bounced out of my head. And anyway, so about half an hour, I, I called the man and said, Come here, sort that woman now. But about a half an hour, four minutes later, a family came down and they carried her out. Now, very well to do, very well to do, family. But um, I'm very sorry. My mother is tired and emotional. <laughs> now, where I come from in Dublin 7, you're locked. You're steaming. You're buckled, right? But go three miles up the road, yeah. you're tired and emotional. You know what I mean? And I'm going around with a big egg on the top of my head. That's my brother's egg and carrying it around. <laughs> All this probably does explain, Paul, why the IRFU has probably got more... Uh, you know, steady revenue and income streams and the FAI over the over the yeah. years, doesn't it? Like this sense of uh, entitlement and knowing how to find where the money is. Because one of the things you did yeah. cover for a long time <coughs> was Irish football. Yeah. Uh, and I was actually reading an interview today and I was, I think you, you, you told a story about the time you decided to give up sports journalism. Mm. And you said it was when you were interviewing a player at the training ground and he was mm. watching... Uh, goals on Monday in the background oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I think I was with you that day yeah. I think I know that player that was when we interviewed if I'm right I think in saying that was when we interviewed Matt Holland together was no not? well funny enough, not? No, no, Matt Holland did push me over the edge but but <coughs> Why does he push you? Me and Dion, we were interviewing uh, Matt Holland. We both arrived together to interview him. And the the thing when you're a a football writer in those days was just to try to get anything interesting. If you just could could elicit any interesting anecdote or something. And as far as I know, there's an amazing story involving Matt Holland, which I think his grandmother was... I think I could be wrong, but I think uh, he had a grandmother who was a cleaner in a country club... And his grandfather was the head of the country club, something like that. And but they were they were from two totally different social classes, and they got together. That's what, as far as I remember, what the story was. And we were trying to get that story out of him. And you and I both knew about this, and we we decided to double team him, you know. And and I just remember, you know, I I brought it up, and I said, "Tell me a bit about your." Um, how you qualified to play for Ireland? And, oh yes, through my grandmother, and and then you went. Uh, he said, and, and you said something, and then he went. It's actually a funny, in, a funny story about how they got together. And you went, oh yeah, and he went, 
but that's for another day. <laughs> <laughs> and oh. I just went, that's, that's that. But anyway, the player, I remember the day I saw, I, th- I decided the game was up. I, I went to interview Clinton Morrison okay. and I love Clinton Morrison. I still love him on the telly. I watch him on the telly. And this whole generation of Irish footballers, they've all, they're all pundits now and they've just got so much personality. I'm thinking, where were you in 2003? Where was yeah. this persona I'm seeing now? But I went, in, I went over to, I think he was at Birmingham at the time. Anyway, uh, went over to interview him and uh, sat down with him for, I'd say, about nine minutes. And he watched, he watched goals, on, goals on Monday for the whole interview. He didn't look at me once. And at the end, he said, uh, have you got enough there? And still watching the telly. <laughs> and I just went, well, I've got all I'm getting. And I put my notebook back in my bag and, and off I went. And my flight, in a fit of optimism, like, you know, I flew over at seven in the morning. My flight home was at midnight or something. So, like, <laughs> thinking, I'm, it's Go the old day. We're going for dinner. We're going to meet his family, the whole lot, you know. <laughs> so, but I finish, I finish at quarter past ten in the morning. <laughs> the whole day to kill. Anyway, um, so, but anyway, I was trying to get out of the club and I got lost, right? And uh, I was, I was, I couldn't, it was kind of maze-like. And anyway, t- I'm turning back down this corridor. I'm walking towards Clinton Morrison and he sees me and he just says, are you lost, mate? And I realised he didn't, he didn't remember me from seven minutes earlier. <laughs> and that's, that's when I realised it's over. It's, you know, the game is over. Get out of this. Lads. Thanks so much for coming in. It's been really sensational having you both here. Good luck with all future projects together and individually. And a happy Christmas to you all and to everyone listening from from both of us. And if there's anyone you want to say happy Christmas to. Happy Christmas to... Could be here sometime. Everybody, everybody. (laughs) I hope yeah. everybody has a brilliant Christmas. You would be a brilliant. A Merry Christmas to you too as well. You, I, I've absolutely loved listening to the the podcast over the last few months. It's just on. such a it's such a joyful thing. I said on Twitter, uh, you know, to to hear a podcast where to have two men speaking quietly and in gentle voices, it's a very unusual thing because t- podcasts are usually people shouting, trying to get Hi, we're friends and we're doing a podcast. Well, yeah. That's friend what I wanted Ryan it to be. We're going to do oh, some life, we're going to do some life coaching. I've only, got, I've only got three months to live, my friend said. And I said, Jesus, thank God. I thought you were going to say you were starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you Wouldn't say Ronnie it? be a brilliant president of Ireland? Well, I, I mean, crowded field. No, I mean, he uh, would be no, a brilliant. He walks around this city, a man of integrity, like, you know, a man of integrity uh, and courage, one hundred percent. I think a man who'd punch a large brilliant. Russian in an airport yeah. to protect a woman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, unlike, I've unlike seen somebody else I know who's talking about throwing his hat in the ring for the presidency, <laughs> he, 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 would, he wouldn't. He wouldn't punch anyone. Um, uh, but funny, you're talking about podcasts. I've done a good few, as you know, but I'm not just saying this, boys. The people have said to me, I heard the Joe Bradley and Dion one. Honestly, that's the, the that's why I'm back here today. Trying to sell tickets. And and Roddy, you last but one time we interview, I interviewed you, you said you were gonna come out to my son's team in Dorky I will. and do a, give them a team talk. So I we'll will. give them a, Don't tell the locals. Uh, well, we'll <laughs> I'll be out there with one child. <laughs> Dion will be hiding behind a tree. I don't know him either. He just turned up with a ball. I didn't invite him, I swear. All right, listen, happy Christmas ah, to happy everybody. Christmas Merry Christmas. Christmas. Thanks, Thanks, so much. Yeah. Thanks for having yeah. us on. Thanks, lads. Try not to be a cunt. It's Christmas. Take it.
Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.